Friends, welcome to Palin' Around, the official Uppercut podcast. Here we'll be talking about video games, fandom, pop culture, and how they all interact with the internet. My name is Caitlin, and joining me, as always, is one half of the cursed Mark Ruffalo fan club, Monty. Hey, that's me. And Jess is uh, away again. Um, we love her, but she's fucking, she's just globetrotting. So she is not with us today. But we are joined by two lovely guests, the first of whom is uh, OK Beast's own blessing, Adioye Jr. 13 episodes it took y'all. 13 episodes <laughs> before I got the message being like, hey, do you want, do you want to come through? Do you want to hang out? It took 13 episodes. <laughs> All right. I, I, I see how it is. I see how it is. We were just waiting for the right topic to bring you on. Mm-hmm. I'm sweaty now. I'm going to go. <laughs> Monty's like, oh no, a confrontation. <laughs> Gotta go, see you. Uh, better late than never, bless. That's that. That's what they say. But never late is never late is better, <laughs> as Drake put it in, in some song from forever ago. <laughs> some Drake song at some point, perhaps. Um, also joining us is Irrational Passions' own uh, George Cruz Alvarez. Uh, I'm really excited that I'm here for the launch of Your Geeky Guy, pal. I don't know why we decided to pivot <laughs> yeah. in this direction, but I'm glad, you know, we're here, uh, Blessing and I. And also, I'm here, excited that I'm here. I was in a sort of precursor to this podcast back when Caitlin and I recorded. Talked about Kingdom Hearts at some point. I, I thought about that. I was like, can I do a thing with Caitlin before? And I was like, oh, yeah, that Kingdom Hearts thing we did like forever ago. That was fun. Yep. Hello, that everyone. That was like the first time we talked. And that we was were the just first like... time we talked. And we were just like, Kingdom Hearts is cursed and fuck Dang and Rampa. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was our podcast from forever ago. Um, yeah, this is, I think this is the second time we've ever had two men on the show at one time. We're taking so. over. We're taking, Finally we're taking back podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> They're ours again. It's oh, about just time. Like sobbing. A man on a pod, multiple men on a podcast. It's about time. I'm waiting for it's this okay, revolution. <laughs> See, yes, exa- exactly. The reason we're here, though, is because we, unlike many men, are not white. Mm. So that's exciting. <laughs> unlike many men. <laughs> <laughs> this is the podcast. I'm going to get blacklisted. Damn. Oh man. Hey, why would you say that when I'm here, man? That's. <laughs> Can I just say, sorry, you got me in a mood because I literally just got up from a nap. Um, and it was probably like it's top five naps I've ever taken. I've never woken up so refreshed and so rejuvenated, dude. I'm top like, five, I'm like right? aloe lotion the person right now. And so I'm just like, I'm like here, I'm ready. Um, George, I've never told you this, man. Before I actually met yeah. you and before like I heard your name out loud, I used to pronounce your name Yurg whenever I read it because, <laughs> because it spelled, right. because yes. it spelled, it spelt J U R G E instead of J E O R G E. Yeah. That's a problem. Um, there was a time, uh, there was a time in my life where I put the parentheses, it's pronounced like George, <laughs> but I was like, ah, fuck it. I just like make every interact, inter- inter- any like real person interaction incredibly awkward. Dude, I'd be on Twitter all the time. Like, Oh, you're Sweden. And I'd be like, Oh man, I'm going to like your sweet. <laughs> and I heard your name out loud. And I was like, Oh no. Yeah. That, that, that does make more when sense. When I emailed you that all those like years ago, like might as well be decades. And I was like, Oh, who's this George kid yeah. talking to me about writing for my site? Oh, dude, you're. I was like, hey guys, York wants to submit an article. Yeah. Then I was like, oh, yeah, George makes definitely makes more sense with that, with, that, with that spelling. I don't know how I didn't put that together. Yerk? Yeah, Yerk sounds like a British pudding. Yerk sounds I like a vampire. That. You know, you're right. 
I'm cursed because people just like call me uh, that character from Fairly Odd Parents. Uh, was that Jurgen? Cosmo. Oh, oh yeah. Oh my god. Hey, but he was really cool. But he and he was also military. I don't know. Yeah, he was like a cop, basically. <laughs> he was like the cop of yeah of the fairy. Yeah, and he had that giant <laughs> wand, which was obviously like compensation. Compens- yeah. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> gotta go. I'm going back into my prison talk. Oh no. <laughs> we recorded a podcast like an hour ago, and the whole end of it was just like us <laughs> devolving into talking about prison. <laughs> This is a good start. So the reason that we are joined by Blessing and George today is because we are uh, wanting to have a chat about how men of color are represented in video games. And since uh, I am not a person of color or a man, and Monty is a person of color but not a man, we thought it would be good to bring uh, some guests on. Finally, again. (laughs) (laughs) I will say, though, shout out, because like one of the biggest reasons I started... um, making content and making like video video game content specifically is because i was like i was a big fan of like ign uh, a big fan of like uh, giant bomb and kind of funny and i noticed what all these places had in common was there was no black men um except for the homie bobia from ign who covered specifically madden and call of duty yes and and wwe now and wwe (laughs) um like the most black things you could be (laughs) nerdy about (laughs) um but i love bobia right he's awesome but yeah i was like man i wish there and th- this is gonna sound like i'm making it up. this is gonna sound like some kind of like i don't know marketing speak or advertisement for black people wanting to make o- content but i was like man i wish there were like more people like me represented um and this is like before like i even like learned about like the idea of like representation in like a formal sense or like not th- i say formal sense like i took a class on it i didn't um but like i wasn't necessarily <laughs> too conscious about like content creation um and di- different sorts of representation in content creation at the time where i was like Oh man, I wish there were more people like me uh, talking about this stuff. And so, yeah, shout out to right. shout out to y'all for allowing us to uh, come up here and, and talk about this. Yeah, and if I can like quickly mention like where I'm, where I, when the, you talk about this topic and how blessing feels, I think I still feel strange like going to an industry event like PAX, like mm-hmm. as someone who is like raised like from you know like poor income, like you know not the best in like video games and watches a bunch of like not. Latino folks apart from like I remember Miranda Sanchez I like I knew Miranda Sanchez when she was trying to break into it like she was behind me and beyond 300 uh now she's there which is really cool at IGN but it feels sometimes like man I feel like I'm not supposed to be here I sometimes get that feeling like man it feels weird with all these folks like uh who are, are much more like respected than I am and who are super big and I, like we're just walking like sharing the same press room sometimes uh it just feels like I'm not supposed to be here sometimes. It's, it's, it's weird. Yeah. But, it, almost, it almost feels like, it, it too also feels like your brand should be like your representation. Like I remember when I, like, when I first started, right, I, I would look to like Bobia and then I'll, I'd also see Andre the Black Nerd. And like for that dude to be successful, right. he had, literally had to be the black nerd. Like he had to be like the, the, the one. Um, and so, yeah, like it, it does feel sort of weird. It still, it still feels weird, right? There's still like not that much like representation as far as like, uh, blacks and Latinos, right? In in in, in gaming, as far as, I, I was gonna say as far as males, but as far as general, like period, right? There's not that um, great of representation. But that, like now, I am seeing now that I'm more integrated with it, I am seeing people like Austin Walker or uh, Khalif Adams, the homie, um, being there and being outspoken. Right. And so, and I think I mean we're not obviously we're still not even in the program, but like, and it also feels like for the longest time, and now we're just getting into it. But for the longest time, 
I acted white because I felt like if I acted white, I would maybe do better in life. Oh, yeah. Because no, 100 percent. I've definitely dealt with that. It was definitely like a societal thing, especially with like internalized like racism that definitely like stems from it growing up, especially with like the colorism in Latino culture. Um, Like I'm one of the darkest in my family, even though like I'm I'm not like a dark skin, but compared to like my very fair mom and also just like my very like light like uh aunts and uncles like it definitely feels like oh like the whiter you are the whiter you speak you'll definitely be more successful and like yeah. that's totally valid because right. it does come from like internalized stuff from what you see like on tv and like it stems from video games too yeah but to the point of that where i was going with that is like you see someone like reggie into the line, like he, Reggie's been in front of us the entire time, and my guy's Haitian. Yeah, no, I didn't uh, realize that but, until like his last day. I was yeah. like, "Wait, he's black?" <laughs> like, wait a minute. Yeah, and I've been watching the whole time. My guy got in there. Yeah, <laughs> no, really. And like, it's I mean, it's also interesting because like, I was listening to uh, kind of funny games daily, right? Which is kind of funny's um, the YouTube channel's their daily news show, and I listen to it every day. And I was listening to an episode uh, on Friday, and it was um, I was listening to the audio version. And I, uh, Greg was like, oh, introduce my guest. I forget the name of the guest. I think it was like Justin or something like that. But introduce my guest. Uh, and, and then the guest started talking. And I was like, this guy sounds different. Is, is this a black guy? And then like, I turned the video and sure enough, it was a black dude. And I was like, man, that sound, it sounds so, like, it sounds so weird hearing like black dudes, like genuine black dudes, like talking about video games. Right. And that, and that's, that's not a good thing, um, uh, in the space. And so like, once again, I'm, I'm happy to like see that people are slowly breaking in even though like we're still very as far as an industry right still very far from seeing like and this is media specifically i haven't even talked about video games yet but in terms of the media space it's still very far from seeing like people uh like diverse people break in um and actually like have a voice and actually and then to piggyback off of like the talking or not like yeah acting white sort of thing right like i emulate greg miller style holy as much as i can because like that's like the one dude i can look to to be like okay he's doing it right right i don't really i don't necessarily have black people in the industry to like look to to be like okay this is how you host this is how you um uh, this is how you lead a show this is how how you uh get your jokes off this is how you do this that, this is how you do that right like there are people like con there are people um there there are other black people there are people like, like austin walker right but like as far as like uh who i look to um as like the most influential like the most successful in the industry i'm like okay cool i'm gonna i'm gonna look at i'm gonna look and emulate greg miller because i'm a fan of him i'm gonna look and emulate um other people i'm a fan of um like jeff gersman um or i don't know brian altano or whoever whoever i listen to on my podcast um but sadly that also leads to me like like not like not representing my blackness fully um sure yeah and so and i get that uh and i think we are going to be talking a lot about just media in general because you know video games are just a part of that and a lot of these issues are just like seen and everything but i agree with your point like because i remember the first time i heard bobia was he came on the podcast for when the xbox bummers were revealed and he was just talking mad shit about call of duty ghosts yeah. <laughs> so if, I remember, if i remember correctly brian mccaffrey had him on and i was like i don't know guys this ain't this ain't it and it was it was strange to be like oh wow like why haven't we heard of him before yeah. now? Like, uh, maybe, like, I don't know. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, he comes out once or once or twice a year, and it's usually for Call of Duty or Madden, which is, like, great for him. Um, and, it's all, and it's also dope to see him. Like, I'm happy whenever I see him come out, and I'm always rooting for him. Um, but it is, like, oh, yeah, it's Call of, Call of Duty and Madden. Like, the games that, I, that um, all, the, all my homies, like, in high school, we playing together. Um, but, and so, but, yeah, I mean, it's still cool, though. 
to see him. Regardless. Yeah. Um it's yeah, the media landscape is wild, especially because I feel weird because I feel like media, a lot of like queer folks lately have been like kicking the door down and being like, hey, what's up? But it's still mm. like so many fucking white people. And like I'm allowed to say that as a white gay, like there's a lot of white gays around now. But even um, to that point, right, Caitlin, of like you're saying like because here's the thing, like we have folks like Austin Walker, but like the thing was like Austin Walker for a while, at least like when he came in the Giant Bomb, that's how I became like it, that's how I knew Austin Walker. Same. I started Giant Bomb. This is, I started listening to Giant Bomb around 2015, around the same time he came on, and there was a moment where like, he wasn't like the stuff that he like really cared about and wanted to talk about. It, he like, eased into it, and once he did, he were like. Wait a minute. What's going on here? What are we doing? Whoa, whoa, whoa. We talk about the division is problematic because you're shooting black folks. We talk about it. it's fun. What are we talking about? Mm. Um, yeah, it's like because it's I, I don't know how you feel blessing. Like it's and I think maybe all of us here because we're all sort of marginalized in some respect. You want to be loud about the things you care about, the, the issues that matter to you as a black person, as Latino, as queer. But you're scared if you're too loud. People are like, "Oh, I'm not. That guy's too hot. I'm not gonna mess with him." Like, ooh, uh, maybe, maybe don't like. Oh, maybe, maybe you should tweet that. Maybe it's like, ah. mm. it's like we literally just talked about me making a fucking Super Mario Sunshine tweet that related to immigration <laughs> that I was too scared to tweet out because, like, oh, what are people gonna think about if like this guy's yeah, out here talking about? So yeah. good. It's so fucking good. Yeah, <laughs> um, like <laughs> it is. I'm gonna link that tweet in the episode description. <laughs> but I'm sure the people who like are established now, like who, like, are vocal about the things they care about, like, you have to be... There's a fear of, like, rocking the boat too much. And then maybe then people... Like, suddenly one day, maybe the people who helped you to get to where you are, like, apart from you being talented, like, gave you the shot, uh, and be like, oh, actually, I don't talk to that person anymore. Uh, I don't know. Hmm. It's a thing, like, you're scared, like... uh, And, like, because all of us here, someone helped us out, maybe to, like, get some... Something in the industry, like whether it be like, here's how you sign up for packs or whatever have you, um, you're scared that people are not going to want to associate with you because you're known as a person who like is vocal. Yeah, yeah. For me, for me, it, it, it's a it's a mixture of a lot of things to like how I pick and choose like what I talk about or what I tweet about. Um, and usually, like for me right now, a big thing with me and Twitter and social media in general is that like the conversations for me never really go the way I, I want them to go. Like, since, like, our space is so dominated with mainly white people and white men, um, and, like, it's it's a mixture of, like, white people and white men, and then also, like, a lot of angry people, and then also, like, a lot of angry white people and white men. And so, like, <laughs> usually, like, there in, there will be um, white people who will be in support of the cause uh, that I may be tweeting about, but they'll also, like, jump on it and then tweet from, like, their perspective, which is a white perspective. Um, which a lot of times will not necessarily line up wholly with what I'm trying to say, but they're at least trying to be on my side. But I'll read what they say, and I'll be like, "Oh, it's not, ne- not necessarily fully what I mean," or I or I don't mean what you're what you're talking about to this full extent. Um, and so, like at, after a while, because I, I I used to be super vocal about li- like literally literally every single issue, um, just because like I want I I wanted um more like alternative opinions to be out there, uh, because like at least in the space I was in, people weren't necessarily like being super vocal about that stuff, and I feel like after the last few years right like um we've transitioned to a space of social media world now everybody is is sort of vocal um i've sort of backed off a bit in terms of uh certain subject matter that, that, that i tweet about mainly because i i like emotionally it's hard for me to deal with a lot of stuff 
um a lot of like a lot of views and opinions that 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 people put out there that may be alternative to mine or that may be like piggybacking off of mine but not necessarily getting it uh or what i'm saying um but i'm i'm it's mainly a thing where i'm trying to I, I try to back off of twitter but then if i am going to vocalize uh a certain view that could be viewed as like out there or extreme i try to limit it to like a podcast or try to I try, or maybe an article or somewhere where i feel like i can ex- explain myself fully like i've kind of backed off on even like the hot takes on on twitter as much uh, i'll still put them out there every now and then because people have to know but um <laughs> people have to know like dk is one of the greatest games ever made but uh for the, for the most part right like i try to, i try to contextualize like I try to contextualize stuff as much as I can and, and limit uh, certain views and opinions to like places where I can contextualize them as much as I can so that people get the full breath. And so if, like if they do disagree or they are like, oh, no, fuck you, then I like I can at least hope that they're saying fuck you to everything I'm saying as opposed to like one part of like one sentence where I where I, I imply that there aren't enough black people in games or I imply that like, I don't know, this main character is boring because they're like a copy and paste of every single character. In video. Like. I want to make sure that I'm, I'm uh, speaking in a way that people can kind of get the full full breadth of my views, if that makes sense, and if that answers your question. Yeah, yeah, no, that like makes a lot of sense. I'm gonna piggyback off of this and talk about like my experience because I've definitely felt like fear of just how people view me. I mean, I'm still like a baby, just like a little like community of an industry, and I have to think. Uh, Caitlin for kind of like bursting the doors and being like hey come join this and I was like yeah I'll do it um so at first definitely I was very scared of like people having a certain view of me um being outspoken was something that was very scary um especially with just like some scary gamers and stuff but even with being censored and not being as open um people are still very upset and they had absolutely no problem with making me uncomfortable. Mm. And that's the big thing. It's just like these people have no issue with um, making me uncomfortable. Like why, why am I censoring myself? Like I, I you know, uh, thank God one of uh, my buddies over in kind of funny sent me like a screenshot of a kind of thread over at another group not kind of funny affiliated at all it was another group but it will not be named um and it was just this person talking shit basically about me and another kf friend and it was very inappropriate so it's just i think that was my breaking point up until i think that happened in november and i kind of just stepped off and was like i shouldn't shut up Mm. should be loud and not not trying to like say like what you're doing is wrong like uh blessing like you have like every reason to feel like this what you're feeling is right and what you're doing is right uh i'm just talking about my experience and yeah i mean you've seen my twitter it can be pretty chaotic and stupid um and (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what i'm typing anymore i think maybe (laughs) i should go back to being censored but um, (laughs) but i think also like monty like we have the benefits still of being men. You also have the fact that, like, you're a vocal, like, person of color who's also a woman. <laughs> so it's, like, probably people are ni- would be nicer to maybe me and Blessing because they'd be like, oh, man, I, I care about this thing because it- I'm, like, whatever, like, immigration. But then mm-hmm. next to him, yo, check out these fucking cool-ass Animal Crossing cards I got from Club Nintendo that I found. This is pretty cool, isn't it? Oh, sweet. All right, video games. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it's hard to like 
it's kind of an industry-wide problem right of like that like that fear of if you're loud then you're untouchable but if you're not loud then nothing ever changes and like i feel like that's just like the weird fucked up gatekeeping both in like the media side of things as far as like who gets hired like i was in a discord the other day and we were talking about um i don't remember which one but some site had put out an ad being like hey we're hiring a new editor and like we're really looking for diverse people and then like you clicked on it they're they're, like meet our staff and they were all white people and it was and like two women out of like 12 and it was like yeah clearly y'all are really looking to do a diversity hire like um so i think it's that but it's also like the weird gamer entitlement bullshit where people like can literally scream you down and like wear you out and make you feel like shit to the point where you don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. And it just sucks. Cause like, you know, obviously I would say all of us being in this space has made it better. Um, and you know, like it's opening more doors for other people, hopefully, but like, it's a lot of pressure to be put under. Yeah. It- especially if you're like, you know, have multiple intersections of marginalization happening at once. Yeah, it's that's it's one hundred percent. And I think I think like like for for us, and, I, and this is why I say on the Okabee's podcast all the time, right? Like people people are going to be passionate about what they're going to be passionate about. Um, and people are going to people are going to take issue with what they're going to take issue with, right? Um, and people are also going to like express like, or people are also going to cho- pick and choose the ways they are going to express um their thoughts and feelings, right? And I don't think I don't think there's a there's a right way or a wrong way as far as how you go about doing that for the most part like i think like whether or not like you're going to take it like take it up on twitter or whether or not you're going to take it up on instagram or you're going to do it on a podcast or you're going to do it in an article right like i think it's it, it varies person to person based on what you're comfortable with and based on like what you're even like ready to handle i know for me like and to be back off of like what caitlin just said like there was a point in which i had a whole, a whole a, there was a whole event that happened that led to like a facebook group essentially made to antagonize like me and one other person um to which i like that like I, I i'm guessing like the end goal of that group was to kind of push me off of facebook as a whole and i don't log on to facebook anymore and so they essentially kind of won but like it was just a thing where like i just couldn't i it, it tired me out so much where i was like i don't even know why i'm using this as a platform why i'm like choosing this way to go about things when there are other ways that i can um and it's a it's a good and bad thing because like the good thing is i found ways that have worked for me um and like i'm i'm still out here being me and i'm still out here uh in my own eyes uh having fun and doing a good job doing it um at the same time like you know i'm 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 not necessarily like using social media as freely as i should which again is uh, in a different way is a good and bad thing because now my social media is pretty like pretty well managed i think a lot more about what i tweet i think a lot more about like how how i tweet things um and it's it it's all rabbit hole, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Being on the internet is 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 an interesting thing, uh, to say the least. Yeah. But we're here to talk about specific video games. Specifically, this article. I think article this is here. a good. I think this is a good insight, though, because I feel like not a lot of people think about that kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. like sure. I think it's like the context to like what we're thinking about regularly and how it is to be in this space and then when mm-hmm. you see a take like the one we're about to think talk about um yeah mm. yeah that sh- that article imo felt extremely thoughtless um but 
So, yeah, I, I come from it from the other way. But uh, the article we're thinking about specifically is the yeah. uh, PC Games End piece on uh, Life. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I it's remember a, when I tweeted about this. I, it was a spicy tweet. I was yeah, very it's upset. A, it's a tricky... It's a tricky... What was your tweet, because, Monty? Yeah. Uh, so I just can't... Uh, let me look it up. So while Monty's looking for it, um, the article will be linked in the description if you're listening to this. So you can peep it but um the tldr of it is basically this uh writer's opinion was that uh life is strange 2 would be a more impactful story if it were a story about sisters instead of brothers um because of uh there's not enough girls in video games and um yeah yeah it was like it's it's basically stemming from like white feminism like fem- feminism i can't talk and i responded to the article saying like hi latinx here who's very happy seeing a tender and relatable relationship between two latin american brothers facing the world yes we need more women in games but this is a whole different story and experience that needs to be seen by other and as much as i i i get where this person is coming from yes we need more women Yes, we need more of those stories out there. This is a, a different story in itself. Like, uh, all of the video games have been kind of the same story over and over again, um, especially, like, big and popular games. You have a rustic-looking white dude kind of just, like, fighting everything. And this is a very close relationship between two boys running away from Seattle to Mexico. And it's it's really rough. Like, there's, like police stuff involved racism involved stuff that like of course you know it's kind of like a fictional game there's a lot of fictional stuff going on but there's some stuff in that game that it's pretty close to home and it definitely opens eyes to other people who haven't had that experience so i was just really upset kind of seeing like okay let me see who wrote this i'm like okay now i understand they just kind of want to see one point of view and not kind of broadening their search of like hey there's like other people and other stories that have you guys played uh, Life Strange 2 at all? Not yes. yet. I meant to because it's on Game Pass. And I was going to uh, boot up the Xbox. Uh, yeah, I don't even have an Xbox. I was going to make. I was going to say check out the Xbox. So, like I check out an Xbox for my university library. I was going to do that. Oh. Uh, so. Colleges have game consoles. Hell yeah! Let me tell you what. I've rented Splatoon 2 from my college's library six times since I bought my Switch. So what I haven't purchased that video Man, game. Life. Anyways. I should Damn. go back to college. Perhaps maybe finish my degree one day. Uh, <laughs> we'll yeah, see. Can, yeah, they got... they got when we, when we first got it, they got Bloodborne, Nier Automata, like, Neo, and, like, fucking... Uh, what was the other thing they got? There was, like, the most niche... Persona 5. It was, like, the most, like, mm. all right, someone knows what they're doing back there. <laughs> someone is <laughs> a PlayStation stand. That's hilarious. <laughs> so, Anyways, I, so, Monty, yeah, did you, yeah, did you enjoy, uh, or how much of Life Strange 2 have you played, and have you, like, enjoyed the game so far? So, I bought the pass for it, and I think I played two episodes so far. There's it's episode one and episode two. Um, I've enjoyed it. There's like, of course, some touchy things that just feel very forced and pushed. Like, I don't want to spoil anything. Um, but you know, it kind of really, really feels similar to Life is Strange 1. I think the story is really great, but just a lot of like the queer baiting in one is kind of weird and it feels forced and it's like a little bit of like torture porn, that sort of thing. 
Um, Life is Strange 2, in my opinion, I like so far, but that think I'm very, very biased on it. I mean, I'm seeing two characters that kind of look and remind me of my brother and, like, other mm. people I grew up with, you know? And, like, seeing the dad and having to deal with what he had to, like, that is a very familiar um, experience that I've seen with other friends. So I think I'm very biased on it and just, like, hoping they're safe. And I think I've just very connected with those two characters. But there is some four stuff going on. And I know they have a consultant there, um, especially with, like, the slang. They use a lot of Mexican slang. Like, they use, like, nano and, like, other stuff saying. I'm just like, oh, I've never heard this in a game. I don't even hear this in, like, media in general with like other latino characters unless there is a latino person like on Mm. so i've liked it from there but there is some four stuff that i'm not yeah because i I don't know what you think about it i was curious about like i mean i was curious about what your thoughts were because like i mean the game is developed by don't not entertainment who is a french studio um and i only played episode one i did not like episode episode one of life is strange 2 just because like i don't know it felt it felt off. A lot of it felt forced as far as like what it was trying. Like what it, a lot of it was trying to do, I respected. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. this is like they're they're tr- they're they're trying to touch on certain topics that are like deep and important. Um, but at the same time, like a lot of the a lot of the bigger notes didn't uh, hit for me the way that like Life Strange One is now like one of my favorite games ever. Um, that mm-hmm. combined with like Before the Storm, one of my favorite, like two mm-hmm. of my favorite games ever um and so like i'm coming at this article from a weird place because like like selfishly i kind of wish life is strange 2 was like from a female perspective like as far as like being more of a follow-up for life strange 1 but at the same time Mm -hmm. i think this article does come from like a uninformed place because like like, and i think somebody allured to this before right that like it feels like it is written from, from a white perspective not understanding that like there are like other other types of people that deserve to be represented and deserve yeah. to be talked about. The worst thing, the worst part about it is that, again, and I'm sure the person who wrote this is a fine person, so I don't want to sound rude or anything, but the thing that sucks about it is that they do, they, they do the work of being like, listen, I get this, I get this, I get this, but it's, it feels like a sort of like, listen, I'm not racist, <laughs> but... <laughs> But now hear me because out. there are moments where she's like, "I recognize their Latino characters. I recognize that this and this." But come on, uh, it's like uh. for me, I'm, I wasn't a big fan of Life is Strange one. I thought that game seemed incredibly forced and just felt really whack to me in terms of like writing. Dare you. But I, I never finished it, so I don't <laughs> even know. I can't like, yeah, I can only speak for like the first episode and the second one. Um, but I think the thing that hit me. Uh, and maybe it's the sad truth that maybe a lot of folks think the way that the person who wrote this, I, I keep seeing this person, I have, I can just look up the fucking author here, um, but who wrote it here, uh, Carrie Talbot, um, maybe it's a sad reality that maybe a lot of folks don't like, don't want that story, and maybe that's a problem in itself, because, yo, nobody's talking about Life is Strange too. Like yeah, I, com- compa- yeah. yeah, to me, like the thing is, and she mentions it in the piece. The thing is, but- like, there's, I think there's a version of this story that works as far as like, and I'm, I'm not the person to like even like try to uh, try and try and like uh, uh, tell this story because like I am, I am neither a woman uh, nor am I Latino, and so I'm like, I have neither of those perspe- perspectives like in me, right? I'm just like as a person who is outside of both 
the, uh, both those communities of people. I'm like, okay, I I like Life Strange one better than Life Strange two, just because I collect I connected with the characters of Max and Chloe and kind of like I believed their story, um, or their like the notes of their story sat better with me than the notes of the story in Life Strange two because like, and I'm and maybe this is just for for me as a racial minority in America, like some of the notes they hit as far as like, um, like the is it okay to spoil Life Strange episode one on the show or no? I, yeah, I think it's yeah, I fine. The game's been out yeah. for years. So, or yeah. yeah, Life Strange. So, okay, the first episode of Life Strange Two, um, there is essentially like the game kind of kicks off on the note of like the father of the boys, uh, gets essentially taken out by the police in a very like. Is is supposed to evoke certain events like that 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 we kind of see pretty often at this point, um, in the United States, right? And like, I thought like, okay, the idea of that sat well with me but like the execution of it felt very like almost cartoony in a way where i was like okay like would it happen like this like there's a point where like the uh one of the sons is playing with blood and there's like blood all over his shirt and the pol- like the police like drives by and they're like oh that boy has blood on him and the other boy's on the ground and it was one of those things where i was like this is literally like a bugs bunny cartoon to me um like that didn't sit, sit well with me necessarily they're, like there are other po- other moments of the episode that didn't sit, sit too well with me when they do try to tackle um uh some of the racial stuff um and i don't like i for me i was like i don't know if it's because they're a french studio and they just like they don't they're they're not just ingrained into like what we experience and maybe maybe like like maybe i would have appreciated this story better if the the um the writers behind the story like were latinx or were like at least like american or american from my racial minority community like i don't know what it was but like i i felt like the story in life strange one uh felt more natural and i this is me like i don't even know if I, and i don't even know what percentage of the studio um is women right i don't know like if they have like lead female lead female writers like writing the story i don't know like what it is that made life strange one feel more natural to me um that said i don't know if i don't i that's i wish there was a there was another version of this article that kind of dived deep into that that had that perspective that could that could tell it more clearly um because i think there's a way so there's that, a way to recontextualize what they're trying to say here that i think make, works better so that's interesting because i felt the opposite uh i felt that way about life in strange one and so the folk so some folks from fulbright actually consulted on life is strange two interesting who worked on gone home and coma uh so there is an american perspective here uh, because I think it was because specifically there was a lot of criticism of Life of Strange One, feeling kind of tacky, and so they came on because like, yo, we we've done this before, gone home, you've heard of it, sure, we'll help out with this. Um, but obviously they're not Latinx, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's a thing. I think I think your point, blessing of saying like, I wish there was maybe this conversation in in an article that comes from a different perspective or you know written differently. Yeah, but. Yeah, I don't know. For me, it's a bummer. Like, I haven't played the game yet. I want to. I think I think I'm going to probably wait till December once it's all wrapped up, because uh, it is on Game Pass, so it's a little bit more accessible. But the the, the sad reality is like, well, this is uh, this sound. Everything I hear is cool. I've heard the game has also a very good, like a very intimate and well done sex scene later on in the series. Oh, really? As well, okay, maybe I yeah, should keep like, playing. Yeah, people have heard very good things about it. Interesting. Um, yeah. But at the same time, it's like, well, maybe this is, the problem here is that a lot of folks 
don't aren't interested in this type of story because look at that no one's talking and about I've, the thing is and the thing is like i might i might be totally off base because also this game as far as i've seen has been reviewed pretty well like life strange 2 has been reviewed pretty yeah, well okay. and so people like it um and so that like all of what i'm saying could very much just be like a me thing um but yeah like i don't know i i, I wish this person did like take do a better job of like kind of understanding <laughs> understanding that like hey like there are more perspectives that aren't necessarily being represented um and all like all these different perspectives should be represented right like yeah yeah, yeah. i think i think what george is saying is like pretty poignant like i think there is definitely an issue of like i think a reason why like life is strange 2 is not doing as well is because it's not about cute white queer girls yeah that's, that's genuinely kind of, it yeah. and that's why i found this article to be as a representative for white queer girls okay, yeah thank you very much for, <laughs> as for every white queer girl um i actually hated life is strange uh one as a white queer girl. well i'm just but... gonna log off of this podcast <laughs> <laughs> um but the thing that's like super frustrating about like so i this article was brought to my attention by my friend natalie flores um and it was just i don't know it was super frustrating because she was really upset about it because she loves that game and she's been doing a lot of like writing about it for paste and um she was she was largely upset too because um you know part of the angle of this article is like achieving that greater understanding through the female perspective and all this shit and like natalie literally interviewed the devs of this game and like talked about what their goals were and like what they were trying to do with the series and stuff and like to have a white writer kind of come through and undercut that and then be like it should have been about girls though um she was really frustrated and i was like yeah that's super fair to be really frustrated because like you already did the work and it's you know for sure yeah and so like i don't know i i do think george is right that like a lot of mainstream audiences maybe don't want to see this story but that fucking sucks yeah, it sucks, yeah. and it's like I don't know what to do, <laughs> right? It's tough because that's like, yeah, it's like if someone's going in squares, like, man, well, fucking, why isn't this selling as much, guys? I was like, I don't know. People are mad that there aren't the queer ladies in it, I guess. Well, god damn it, we're making Life is Strange three, put new queer ladies in it, and it's gonna make money, profit. Uh, I don't know. It's a weird thing, and, it, and that's not how. But it sucks that we have to, like address the marketability of what what demographic uh, that includes sexual orientation and race will sell the video game like that sucks but it's a like when she writes this i'm like well maybe she's not the only one who feels this way and that's a sad reality but i don't know what to do about it other than say we live in a society <laughs> uh yeah, well, and it kind of ties into something I've been thinking about, like, doing research for the um, the pod, I was, like, trying to look up, like, you know, games that had, like, men of color as the protagonists and all that stuff, and, like, obviously it's not good generally anyway, but, like, Latino men are, like, super, super underrepresented, like, at least, you know, we have, like, Watch Dogs 2, and we had Mafia, and we had, like, The Walking Dead, where, like, you know, there were some, like, decent, like, black men being portrayed but like i was really struggling to find any that had like latino men in that same capacity you ever heard of total overdose a gunslinger's tale in mexico what you doing 
Carl uh, Juarez. Heard of Carl Juarez? <laughs> uh, Guacamole. Let me uh, talk about Just Cause too. Yo, man, Guacamole. <laughs> I'm sure there's been interviews and conversations out there with the folks at Drinkbox and how they tackled it. But from afar, when when I just told, if I just told someone this game has uh, a Mexican wrestler character in it named Tostada, <laughs> and the video game is called Guacamole. That's uh, and the main POC representation. The lead character guy <laughs> uh, is called Juan. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like it's a thing. I don't know. Um, Severed was kind of cool though. I feel like Severed, Severed did a better cool. jo- better job with not being over the top with that sort of stuff. I don't know what like what um what the background of like the main character is though in Severed. Yeah, that's true. Because it, it's it's they sort of like pick and chose like oh we want this to look kind of like tribal, but I don't remember. Yeah. It. So maybe that's all. Maybe that's, that's maybe that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe that's a problem as well. Because um, <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, yeah Latino characters. Yeah, Latino characters are are a weird thing because I, The Walking Dead did eventually. The third season is a Latino family, uh, and it starts off not great, but it eventually gets a lot better. I actually wrote about it. Like, it starts off pretty like they're just using like Spanish phrases just because mm. it doesn't feel natural. Yeah. But eventually, like the family aspect comes more close to it, and it feels like they did better with that. Um, I think like something small, like and I wrote, I fucking wrote about it. It's like Ghost of Miami by Pillow Pillow Fight Games. Or yes, Fight, Ghost of Fight. Miami is so good. Yeah, Ghost of Miami does a phenomenal job, I think, doing that. But yeah, like the first Latino game I think of that is Guacamole in Total Overdose or whatever the fucking hell in, in Mexico, which is a game published by Eidos for the PlayStation Two and Xbox, where my guy eats like spicy burritos to like get superpowers, and it's like Grand Theft Auto clone, and that's like. <laughs> There's probably a Saints Row character in like Saints Row Two. There's Latino that I don't fucking remember. Um, I feel like the problem with I think both black men and Latino men, uh, like are, are typecasted into this role of a tough guy and usually a tough gangster character in Man, video games. Let me tell you about one of my favorite like, games: Grand Theft Auto yes, San Andreas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A tough gangster yeah. character. Yeah, uh, and like a fatherly gangster character called big smoke oh yeah he's actually just a backstabber yeah who actually turns uh, out to be a bad guy but they do have a caesar i don't know his last name the caesar character right, who's the, a lowrider right the boyfriend yeah. of your sister right yeah uh who's a gangster who's, the, who's also a gangster but he's got a heart of gold and you compete in the lowrider yep. uh, competition yep. he was really <laughs> oh into cars God. it was awesome oh. yeah it's a, it's a thing but but when i was a little kid i was like yeah that's what that that's my representation Dude, that's... that game taught me about easy e like i like <laughs> yeah, look that's true like listen that great that game taught me but my own was... history like I, I can't get mad at it <laughs> they were like yo here's boys in the hood and i was like boys in the what i'm i'm 10 years old <laughs> i learned all i learned <laughs> let me tell you about the east let me tell you about the east coast west coast like fucking Dude, like, i memorized all the lyrics to today was a good day by ice cube by playing granted auto san andreas sure <laughs> See, for some reason, I became obsessed with white people when I played Grand Theft Auto Vice City, and like, yo, the eighties were good. Yeah. Check out all this fucking synth and shit. So, it's like, y'all see these um, shirts they're wearing? Like, they're bright. Yeah, that's crazy, yeah. man. Check out all these white girls. Um, uh, gotta go. <laughs> yeah, it's a problem. Um, but I don't know. Like, yeah, like I think where I was going with that is the fact that I think 
when our when characters that are black men or Latino men, they are put in as tough guys or, or gangsters, which just like sort of reinforce the stereotype. I think the way like Watch Dogs Three and Mafia like are obviously done deliberately and are thought out more, but it sucks that like especially Latinos like as gangsters like that being the main thing in media, like it just like. And that's, that's just the thing, again, black and Latino men struggle with, like, it just glamorizes it. And it's like, listen, there's some great gangster rap out there. But, you know, that's not the only thing I want out there. <laughs> like, let me tell you about Coco. There we go. That's my representation. That's the most scene <laughs> I ever felt by a piece of media. Um, yeah, I don't know. Video games. Yeah, well, and speaking of gangsters, too, I feel like Asian men are also always... Oh, yeah, oh, totally. Yeah, dude. True Crime, Streets of L.A., Sleeping... I guess Sleeping Dogs is kind of the sequel, and so maybe those are the same thing. Yeah, I mean, Christ, even even Yakuza oh, yeah. is, like... Like, they're literally Japanese gangsters. Yeah. And that, the creative director, that guy transformed himself into one, pretty much, uh, to, like, fucking... I don't know what... That, I, I need to learn more about that guy, because he used to make Super Monkey Ball, and then he made Yakuza. And he's like, I'm going to change my whole look for this. I, so, True Crime Streets of L.A. I don't know if any of you guys have played this game. Great game. I, I was young when I played this game, so I don't remember a lot. But I remember it. So, you play as like a, um, an Asian cop, I think, sure. if I remember correctly. Yes, you yes, do. Yes, you do? Yes. Okay. Yes, he takes do. martial arts classes to like upgrade? Yes. Okay. He does. And he turns yes. into a dragon at some point or fights a dragon at some point later in the so game? That, so, <laughs> True Crime Streets, so, 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 True Crime Streets of L.A., a very innovative game, similar to one Shadow the Hedgehog, where it branches N- off. No, you're telling me there's an Asian cop, and now it's related to Sonic the Hedgehog. So, so True Crime of LA, one of the weird endings was that dragon fight in that I'm game. I'm just remembering because you this. Could, yeah, because you could branch out. Like, there are different branches, and one of the last branches I did in that game was, like, he doesn't turn into a dragon, he fights a dragon. Okay. Like, it turns out the gangsters are like, oh, God, this is it's in like LA. an Asian gang. Yes, it is like L.A. and there's like an underground lair and they like you fight a dragon with guns. You just shoot this dragon and you have a shootout with like white, like new metal starts playing because that whole soundtrack is like new absolutely metal. and like not. really Absolutely really not. Shit. I used to no, love that game. I was confused what? the whole Yo, the, the, time. But the gameplay was great, though. So I couldn't complain. Yes. It was the most button mash. And he, oh yeah, and he would make like, ha, yeah, 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 like super like kung fu type stuff. Yeah, um, even though you're a cop in LA. <laughs> oh man! What the fuck? Wei Shen? No, I'm thinking. Of, I think that was a. Uh, is this Sleeping, Sleeping Dogs? Dogs. What yeah, is Sleeping it Dogs. called again? Nicholas Kang is the name of the. The game is True officer. Crime Streets of LA. True. Developed by Luxoflux, which went on to make Shrek Two. Dang. Uh, that game was good. Let's see. True Crime Streets of LA. <laughs> right, he's trying to investigate a series of bombings in Chinatown. Okay wild super yeah. wild but then Absolutely. i don't know i never played true Crime streets of new york city but now when you're playing is a black yeah that one i never played that i don't one know either. what that game i have no idea what goes on no one game. played that one it was too late but marcus reed uh new york city a former new york city gang member turned police officer jesus uh <laughs> yeah isn't that just that one movie with uh what's his uh oh my god a 21 bridges or whatever the fucking shit i don't know never mind bridges yeah, the movie made by the Russo brothers, that new cop movie where it was like, your dad was a cop. Uh, oh my god, Chadwick Boseman, yeah. This is a tangent. Oh, I know what you're talking about. about. Yeah, yeah. 
Sorry, I'm just on the <laughs> True Crime Streets Valley Wikipedia page trying to get to the bottom I know. of everything. I'm, like, looking at this. <laughs> this game isn't real, but, like, my head still, like, thinks it's just Sonic the Hedgehog with a cop hat, and he turns... Dude, the... <laughs> True, True Crime Streets of LA, really fun game. I I, I remember being a kid like, and being like, "This game is ridiculously fun." I have no idea what's the going best on here. Not Grand Theft Auto, yeah, game of that generation. It, it was like that and Simpsons Hidden Run. But like True Crime Streets of yes. LA was like one of those ones where I was like, as a kid, I was like, I had no idea like why I'm fighting a dragon right now. Um, but I guess it fits. I don't know. <laughs> um, but this game is really fun, and then it just disappeared. Give yeah. the dragon a gun. They would later make. I think. <laughs> Well, Sleeping Dog just was supposed to be a true crime. Yeah, it was supposed to be a true crime, crime, and then they just changed it to Sleeping Dogs. Anyways, well, I think we've probably extended, like, the art- the other article we have here to discuss is this Vice article uh, by, I want to say, I'm going to check, make sure. It's that, Yusuf Cole yeah, and Tanya okay, Depass. Tanya Depass, yes. Which is really, it's about video games and representation uh, of black people in games, but really it's just, like, just media in general. Um, and I'm, I'm starting to feel like maybe a lot of the production, specifically the way that they're portrayed in terms of lighting and like costume design, and since video games can sort of be manipulated in any way, like you can be very deliberate about the way you choose to, dis- to show a person of color, like in terms of like you are literally painting their skin tone. Yeah, I thought this one was interesting and like kind of tied in nicely with what we we're talking about because it's like. I feel like when we have conversations about representation, it always just kind of feels like, at least for me, like when I have these conversations, it always kind of feels like, like just yelling about like not having it, but then like, I guess not getting the other parts of the argument as to like why people are saying it, like vis-a-vis like the whole Assassin's Creed, like women are too hard to animate thing. Um, And that's what this article is kind of tackling, because I guess a lot of the reason like why, or like a, the, like a reason that is given as to why like like black and brown folks aren't in video games as much is because they require different like lighting setups and i guess rendering lighting in games is like really wild and like kind of tricky but like what george was saying it's a video game you can do whatever the fuck you want i mean next gen we're getting ray tracing and so that should fix everything we should see a lot more black characters that's not gonna happen that's true (laughs) but that'd be great right it'd be great if if, like playstation came out playstation xbox they were like oh yeah with ray tracing Race, well, you'll see more diverse characters because we don't have to render lighting <laughs> oh, based Bill on. Bill Spencer style. comes out it's like, "We solved it, <laughs> yeah, guys. We solved that <laughs> racial diversity in video games by adding ray tracing." Racism doesn't exist. <laughs> we fixed it. It's gone now forever. Um, but um, it it is a thing that that takes more work. Like I, I think that that's undoubtable as far as like designing characters and designing, um, like whenever you add another variable, of course, like you're gonna you're gonna have to like figure out a way to uh design around it but i think that is also like work worth doing um because like right. i mean and it, and it also takes someone to even think about it right yeah well, and it's indicative yeah it's indicative of the priorities right of like you can fucking render horse balls super super yep. well but like can't light black people okay yeah and like i mean my biggest my biggest thing for um or i i guess the the, the biggest thing that i notice as a black dude playing video games is always the create a character. Um, that's like that's always my biggest oh, com- yeah. complaint. Is like whenever I'm in a complaint a character or complain a character, <laughs> whenever I'm in a create a character, um, and I want to create a character that looks like me because I always want to create a character that looks like me. Every time there's always something where I'm like, why would you make this decision? Half the time it's the hair. Half the time I can't find a hairstyle <laughs> that matches my hairstyle. Like, 
I, I know I know the technology maybe isn't out there, but maybe somebody should invent the technology so that I can just like raise a meter and my hair just grows naturally like black hair would from from shaved up until afro. There's a whole spectrum that deserves representation between shaved and afro. Um, but like I, like a lot of times you don't see you don't see that right. You see buzz and then you see afro and then you see a black you see a frohawk for some reason. Even though most of the black people always, I see, always a yeah, I'm like, why do you have frohawks in your game and you don't have my hair? <laughs> Um, most of the black people I see do not have frohawks. Um, I have, I've had like two friends that have had frohawks in my time growing up. Um, and so that, that's always a thing. Um, accurate skin color is always a thing. Um, allowing me to be dark without making me look messed up is a thing that I would like, because once again, yeah. I'm a very dark skin person, but whenever I go to the darkest shade, I just look like a zombie. Um, yeah. Creative characters always, has always been my thing. And the thing that I don't understand why they're not able to get but and then this is just me as somebody who doesn't design video games and doesn't like know how a lot of the process works as far as putting that stuff together and so i can't really say anything further than that i can only really air my grievances when it comes to that topic but yeah yeah i i want to just like butt in here i know i've noticed this before because like i'm i'm a brown person i will go to my skin tone if it's like there but what i've noticed about like the darker colors is like the undertones start disappearing. Yep. And of course, you know, black people have undertones. And as you notice that from lighter shades, they have different undertones. There's like fair skin with pink tones, fair skin with yellow tones. Then you go to brown with some undertones. And then it's just black people have no undertones. And that's where like the dead looking is coming from because it doesn't look like people. Exactly. It's like matte chalk. Yeah, like it looks like not, yeah, it looks like you painted a white person black, essentially. It, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely it. Yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. And that combined with like me having to choose some weird sort of white hair, or actually in a lot of like Japanese games, I'm usually play, playing as a black character with super like anime hair because they do not have yeah like the visual option. K going on. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm like I don't have I don't have red spiky hair, but I guess I do in this game. <laughs> but I think that I mean I think things are getting better, but I think. The problem with like think with progress is that in like people with good intentions is that it's gonna take people falling on their like stepping on a rake while make doing good intentions for them to like learn to get there right and so it's gonna be people are gonna mess up and I think like uh, Jarrett Green from Rational Passions uh, wrote about Mortal Kombat 11 and how it's like it's clear that someone's in the room making decisions on how the people of color in this game should look because there's clearly someone in the room like listen. You play Mortal Kombat 9, and you look at Sonya... Bl- oh, it's not, it hasn't gotten that better because Ronda Rousey's voice. Yeah. But, but, <laughs> you look at her get up in Mortal Kombat 9, and you look at oh, it dude, now, and all the The glow up is real, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, like, Jackie Briggs' hair is maybe a little questionable, but just the way her face is made and how she has those undertones and the way light... Dude. Like, it looks Even, like, the story better. dynamics in the story mode between uh, her and Jax... Um, and Jax's whole struggle in the story mode, I thought was like, like superbly done. Um, like I felt what was going on there, and I felt like it wasn't just like you know, hey, let's just do whatever with Jax. Like I felt like they actually cared about that character enough to like give them give him his own like uh, arc and his whole, his own struggle. Um, and something that felt mm-hmm. right for a for a black dude who's in a world dominated by gods and demons and monsters and Baraka. Um, I, I thought they did a really good job with that. And I feel like, honestly, like, this is, like, maybe going into deep to it, and, like, I don't think most people would notice that, but, like, 
if any video game studio in America who has black characters and is one of the biggest franchises of all time, NetherRealm is located in Chicago. Yeah. Like you tell me you can't find someone in the to get in the room who's like an artist or knows like it's Chicago. And you guys take pride in it being in Chicago. So you guys should probably be better about oh, this. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mortal Kombat is so weird this year cuz like fuck Ronda Rousey. Yeah. It's just, but they've but done also, so like, well the with the Jax thing was so cool and I was yeah. like god damn it. It's 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 like why who in, again, we got the good people in there but then the marketing guys like listen. My guy gave me Ronda Rousey's number. It's one of those things where as soon as I saw um, the like the reveal, I think it was the reveal trailer that like had the music. I don't think the, I don't think Ronda Rousey was in the reveal. I think Ronda Rousey came later. But like as soon as the reveal trailer hit and it was like Wiz Khalifa or something stupid. No, it was Twenty One Savage. It started off with a Twenty One Savage. Song. Yes, it was Twenty One Savage. Yeah, Wiz Khalifa was the year was X, which I think is a better trailer. Gotcha. Personally. Yeah, Wiz Khalifa was Wiz Khalifa. was X. Um, but like the first trailer for Mortal Kombat 11 was like the 21 Savage thing, um, and then I think they followed up later with like the Ronda Rousey ruin and all that stuff. And during this whole thing, I was like, like I try to tell other people on the site, like they know their audience because in 2014 or whatever, it, when I'd be back home in Illinois chilling with the homies because we were obsessed with Mortal Kombat, like we were the same dudes who were like, oh yeah, Ronda Rousey's the best. And we we're the same dudes who'd be, who'd be like, oh yeah, Wiz Khalifa. Like we were those dudes, right? Those dudes are very into Mortal Kombat. And so, like, the Ronda Rousey thing is probably, like, for them, they're probably, like, pros. And, yeah. Like, there are probably some people in the office that are, like, oh, really, Ronda Rousey? And there are other people that are, that are probably, like, oh, yeah, our fans are going to love this. Um, like, we, we saw demographics. I'm, like, yeah, yeah I guess, but. Uh, and so, yeah. Yeah, I get, I get, that makes sense. It's, like. Ronda Rousey fits um, that, like, that audience. Like. Right. Ronda Rousey's going to put a lot but of people also, off. Um, but it was cool that that WWE connection like, at least got Xavier Woods to cosplay as Shao Kahn oh, and, yeah. like, Kofi Kingston to be Shang Tsung in an official when they did that party and Zelina Vega as Jade, yeah. who, like, are all people of color to be, like... But then they had Ronda Rousey's son you played. Yeah, and her voice acting was terrible. <laughs> Some of the worst... Man, they made her dress up as Sonya for a wrestling thing. It was did they really? Thing. Uh, yeah, they made her come out for a, a thing as Sonya Blade get up, it was, she just looked like a cop was coming down oh, man. the fucking ring. <laughs> yeah, I, my thing, my whole thing was with Ronda Rousey, because I didn't know, like, all, like, all, like, the problematic stuff behind her when I was playing the game, and so the whole time I was like, yeah, this voice acting sucks, and I looked online, and I was like, other people must hate Ronda Rousey, right? And then I just, like, saw a flood of other things that people hated Ronda Rousey about, and I was like, oh, people man, people Rousey. really hate Ronda Rousey out here. Um, it's like, yeah. This is just a tangent on Ronda Rousey. Yeah, but like let's, she had like two lines in Fast Six, and even that was and they were, dude. It. Those lines were horrible. Let's just change the name of this podcast to instead of to, <laughs> instead of discussing uh, uh, racial diversity, we're going to talk about Ronda Rousey. <laughs> is there an, no Ronda Rousey? Cast. Is there an, is there an opposite of a glow up? Is there such thing as like I don't know, man, a glow down, a milkshake duck? I don't uh, know. Dim the lights. Yeah. Dim the lights. <laughs> <laughs> dim the lights dude it know. got dim on ronda rousey is what i'm gonna say it really did yeah it's just uh i just media is complicated but it is that that was a big bummer because i was really excited for mortal kombat 11 and then they right. added her and i was like but even to like like we said we think the thing the frustrating thing about change is that it's slow right and i wanted to like I hate when people say it's not gonna come slow. It's not gonna come like overnight because there is truth to that, and it's gonna be it's gonna suck when people do slip up a little bit because in 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 good faith, um, because like 
Like, like, let me, let me, I don't care about basketball whatsoever. And let me tell you what, basketball is notoriously a sport where a lot of black athletes, uh, and there's usually white owners, a lot of white owners for these basketball teams. Uh, and you look at something like NBA 2K, which is a huge, huge game. And I don't care, but I saw the special edition. I put this on the show notes, uh, and you can Google it, listener. But the, the deluxe edition for fucking NBA 2K20 looks fucking it fire looks with Dwayne Wade on it. It, it looks, looks so goddamn hot. good. And so many the comments for the reveal were like, man, fuck this game and its microtransactions, but yo, this is fucking lit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's like, and, I mean, that's the thing with video games overall is that there are like just pros and cons to thing. You kind of got to pick and choose like what you're willing to like accept or what you're willing. Because like for me, like with Mortal Kombat, like one, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat as a franchise, like I've been with that franchise growing up, and so I'm I'm gonna play pretty much every game that re- that releases for it, um until they start like being trash again, and even then I might still play them because I played the trash ones before. But, um, like when when it comes to like okay, they've added Ronda Rousey, uh, and she was trash in the game, and also it seems like she's a trash human, um, but also like they did a really good job with, with what they did with Jax. Then I'm just like, okay, well, do I? not buy the game and not support like not support one like a franchise that i historically enjoy and like a game that seems very mechanically sound um and support that and support like what they did with this character uh that i now enjoy and all this stuff right and they tend to make a great story and all that um or do i like or do i get it despite like ronda being the game and once again this is like person by person um yeah and like it it depends because i i didn't get um the one platformer that I really wanted to get. I forget what it was. I think it was Hat in Time that I was really looking forward to oh, yeah. because I didn't get it because of JonTron right. and I have a fiery like rage like hate for <laughs> for JonTron. JonTron kept me from getting that game despite him only having probably like two or three lines in that game. Um, Mortal Kombat I, it's Mortal Kombat I went ahead and got man. because like I, I'm not I don't know Ronda Rousey like that. I don't, I don't really care about Ronda Rousey as a human being. I never really like like after her first loss or whatever after she like lost her winning streak I was just like alright well cool I'm out. Um, and then like, since then I just never really paid attention. And so like, it wasn't necessarily a problem for me. Um, but yeah, it is one of those things where they kind of got to pick and choose. Like, how do I, one, like, how do I support the things that I want to support, but at the same time, be vocal about the things that I don't support. Um, and it's a whole can of worms. I will say while I'm giving props to the Mortal Kombat, to NetherRealm in Chicago, when they first revealed Mortal Kombat X, they did that Wiz Khalifa song. And as usual, when Mortal, it was. It's. I think it's better than the Twenty One Savage mm-hmm. song that they chose for that. I love that trailer. I think, honestly, like it better than Mortal Kombat X when I revisited it. But anyways, there was people who were like were like, "Yo, this is good," but the a lot of vocal people really hated it, and you got a lot the of disparaging. Song? Yes, because it's like rap is crap. Blah, oh, blah, blah, this yeah. is a Mortal Kombat. That makes sense. I understand. And then that. for the they're for wrong, the, for, for the final for the final trailer, they did System of a Down. And I was like, oh, why you? <laughs> oh, God damn it. But then they came back. And then they did 21 yeah. Savage. And like, right. and yeah, they did 21 cool. Savage. And I think for like the last, like the very last story trailer that was like, all right, let's go all out. Um, they did a, a Vince Staple song. And legit, I went, I immediately oh, yeah. went to Spotify and I was like, all right, I'm adding the song to my playlist because this song is fire. Um, and so, yeah, shout out to them. So I'm glad they didn't let them yeah, win, I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. I mean, like choosing what you consume fucking sucks. Like. You bet your ass I bought Kingdom Hearts 3, but it sucks that T.J. Miller and fucking, um, what's his face? The guy who plays Hades. Oh, yeah. Him. I was thinking about that the entire time. I was like, 
Man, they really got James Wood for this. James Woods for this thing, huh? Man, yeah. all right, all right. Yeah. So like, we all gotta pick our battles. It just sucked. Oh, and like, that was I so think weird. like George, what you were saying about like change and how like it comes to be, I think kind of ties back to what we were talking about at the top of like how loud are you willing to be versus like how loud are you allowed to be? And it's kind of that same thing with this of like, you know, I think it's only gotten better because people have been demanding that it get better. And it's always frustrating when people pull out the rhetoric of like, oh, well, you can't expect it to change overnight or like, you know, you have to be, you should be happy with these scraps and these baby steps. And it's like, I mean, yeah, but also like people have it in their power to do a lot fucking more and they just don't. Mm. So it's it's frustrating in that way. I think we're also we're also in a good place that we all have podcasts. Um and so like <laughs> I I'm, I'm able to be like all right, I'm going to buy like whatever game because I know like like I know no matter what what game I'm buying, like there are going to be developers that are working on it that are um passionate about it and happy with their work and that aren't necessarily out here like being garbage. Like I know they're like I mean they're definitely like games that are developed by one or two people and those people like maybe like trash and i might not buy that game but like for the most part when you're talking about like triple a development um people are very passionate about what they work on like i know there were, there were a bunch of stories of mortal Kombat and like the crunch that was going on at the studio right. um and like the work conditions and all that stuff but at the same time like i follow my friend uh, uh brian kessinger who works on right. mortal Kombat or who works for netherrealm right and he's very passionate and happy and proud of the work that he, he puts in and he's all about uh MK or MK11, right? And he like he he talks about it, he promotes it, and that like he's a like he's a dude that works in that studio. He's not a higher up, he's not like a CEO or anything like that. He like that dude works in programming and he's like very like in it. Um and you know, I don't like I don't think Brian would want me to uh uh boycott that game based on or maybe who would, I don't know. Uh, I, I haven't actually had this conversation with him. I probably should. Um but <laughs> despite like the the reports of like crunch and all this stuff, right? despite all that he is still happy with the work that he's put in and he's still passionate about it and he's still like out there like playing the game with people and he's still out out, out there repping it hard um and so like i'm i'm in a place where i'm like i can still get the game and then talk about on the podcast like the things that i don't like about it and that's like usually my solution is like like i'm voting the whole vote with your wallet thing uh for the most part i'm has always been like a like not not a strong enough thing for me because i feel like that i feel like it doesn't like i feel like the principle that is there I I can understand it, but also it doesn't really work. Like I like I I I, mm, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to organize like enough people to be like we're all not going to buy this thing. I think in some cases it works, but for the most part, like and a thing that only I'm upset about me voting with my wallet for this thing that is a multi million dollar thing isn't going to do anything. But you know, me being vocal on what whether it's Twitter or whether it's a forum or whether it's Reddit or whatever, right? For me, it's a podcast. Being vocal on my podcast about being like. Uh, I don't think I liked how they tackled this thing right here. I'll um, be able to talk about it and people can actually hear me, right? Um, that for me is my form of speaking up about uh, things like um racial representation or things things like um not liking Ronda Rousey in Mortal Kombat. Um, but again, it's like a thing where people have to kind of pick and choose like the way they're going to tackle how to deal with their feelings regarding a product, um, or running a game or movie or whatever it is um but yeah video games yeah they exist they do that they do that <laughs> Child of chance the rapper in nether realm doing more for chicago than donda's house and rod glavoyevich 
<laughs> oh man, shout out! <laughs> Wait, did you just hate on Donda's house? <laughs> How dare you? Uh, rest in peace, nah. Donda. Yeah, yeah, rest in peace. Oh God, I'm angry, but you're welcome. Not, not yelling today, <laughs> Monty. Uh, yell. What's up? I want to hear you yell. No. No. We have episodes of her doing that. You could just go. No, back. send me the timestamps. <laughs> Thirteen episodes it took y'all to get me here. I thought I'd be on episode two at least. Took y'all thirteen. Oh. No, now I'm sweaty again. I gotta go. <laughs> I thought we were past this. I don't wanna return I, to this I place. I thought we again. were friends. We all follow each other on Twitter. But nothing. Thirteen episodes. Damn. Uh, hold on. I'm gonna switch it back. So blessing. Why aren't I on your podcast yet? Blessing hates guests. Apparently, is what I think. That's true. That is true. I say that all the time. I hate guests. I'm gonna try and get more guests on the show. Actually, and so I'm, I'm not gonna say that y'all are welcome on because I don't. I don't want judgment from my other people who are there. Who they're like, oh, you're just inviting on random people, but we can't invite on random people. But I will say that, like, hey, you can slide into my DMs and be like, yo, what's up? And then I'll be like, all right, come on the podcast. That's what I'll say. No, Blessing's oh. gonna no, he's gonna respond with it took you thirteen and block me. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Even though Monty is not in charge of the guests on the show. <laughs> thirteen episodes. And oh, Jessica wasn't here God. either. It's true. He's actually true. I believe she's with Quinn. I mean not Quinn, uh, uh she's Moises. With Moises, yeah. Is that why you quit? <laughs> <laughs> He was like, I'm gonna hang out with Jess. I, wanna, I gotta hang out with my real friends more. I hate voices. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. No, I can't let I can't let you be around Jess because I can't continue to have OKPs threaten her employment. Oh dude, so. I when um when Irrational Passions uh uh took Jess from us, I'd never been so like angry. I was like, Oh, she was in the palm of our hands. I was getting ready to let go of Moises, now we gotta keep him for another few months before he quits. I was gonna I was gonna scoop up Jess. It was gonna be great. We we're gonna we we're gonna finally have the um the all star cast that we needed for the Oki Beast website. Right. I'm, I'm excited for the uh, uh fucking independent. I don't even know what you call these fucking community we have here. The fucking irrational passions, uppercut, OK Beast, uh editor draft. Oh my god! Uh, can we? Can we, can that happen? Caitlin can we just all get rid of like and Alex? Fucking- dude, that'd be awesome, dude. <laughs> oh my god, dude! I don't even know who I, I, I would, would draft so- Jessica first. Jessica, I'll honestly, max just, contract. I'll honestly just draft uppercut. I'll just be like, you know what? Bring on Caitlyn, Jessica, and Monty. We're about we're about to take over the world. Oh my god! I hope that new OK Beast is just blessing plus blessing uppercut. plus uppercut. I hope y'all know how to edit videos. Is what I'm gonna say. Because we're making well, we're making Andrew some does. video essays. Andrew does. That's why we hired uh, him. Oh, Andrew actually is a great one. Don't yeah, you might touch him. All you literally all you need is you plus us. And then I'm just saying we need a replacement now that Moises is gone. And I've been eyeing An- Andrew and I'm like, hmm, maybe I can get Andrew to quit uppercut in order to, in order to join us. Don't touch him. Oh, I'm touching him. <laughs> please don't touch him. Andrew Andrew's please, gonna get please. touched. No! <laughs> Leave my boy alone. He's the only token man here. <laughs> It's gonna happen. And also, we don't know how to edit video. <laughs> it's gonna happen. I'm stealing him. Oh, please I'm... don't make me go back to learning Premiere. I hate it. Premiere, Premiere does suck. Right. 
All right. So if you right click, uh, you can do a, <laughs> go to the bounds. You can do an easy automatic transition. The fade in, fade out. Oh, oh. But then you have to like I edit like the, you have to edit the length of the fade. You have yeah, to make sure you it's do. perfect. Yeah, it's Garbo. I learned just enough to get by, and I now, hated. If you pay every fifty dollars a month. The first guy I put fifty month, fifty dollars a month. Uh, and then we can go from there. Shout out to my company account being on my email address. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I'm so happy that Andrew's new job is, like, video editing, because it's so much easier and cheaper for him now. Oh, nice. Dang, I might hit up Andrew and be like, yo, what you got for me? What's that software? Oh my god, <laughs> don't you dare touch him! I mean... <laughs> I will fight you in the street. I'm like, don't I'm like on my phone right now just looking at Andrew's profile, being like, huh, maybe we could draft him. <laughs> Andrew Cogswell, if you're listening, hit up the DMs. You know, you don't have to be. You don't have to stay here at uppercut, uppercut especially if they're if they're not being good to you. <laughs> we are so good. Does to uppercut him. pay you, Andrew? We can. He's we can married. Pay, we can pay not you. He's married to one of the people in the company. He doesn't need to get paid. We can pay you. Andrew. I actually have. To It'll be, be a minuscule amount. To be amount. fully transparent, to be fully transparent, I have paid him. Okay. Not all the time. Do they pay you monthly? Because hey, we have a Patreon. One less person. And there's one less person, which means we have it budgeted. You can make a good $25 a month, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> Just come oh, through. Oh my God. Hit up the DMs. I think that's going to do it for us this time. Uh, Monty, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at 3DSBoy. The 3 is spelled out. And bless. Where can people find you? I am on Twitter and all social media at Blessing Junior. That is at Blessing Jr. I am on the internet um, on okbeast.com. Uh, there, there you can find our articles, videos, and uh, podcasts. Uh, YouTube.com/slash okbeast if you want to um, check out our YouTube channel. And uh, that's about it. At okbeast now on Twitter. And uh, George, where can people find you? You can find me at jakersalvarez26 and at Irrational Pod since I guess I'm in charge of that Twitter account. Uh, you should, folks, here you go. So, uh, I do Input, which is a news podcast of one Jerry Green and Logan Wilkinson. Uh, you should listen to the episode which we had Rebecca Valentine on, which is not this week's. Well, when does this go up, uh, Caitlin, usually? Uh, Thursday. Thursday, okay. So, the one before this week that you would be listening in on. Uh, it was a great episode. I'm really, really happy how it turned out. Uh, we had her on to talk about her story for GameIndustry.biz about gaming uh, manufacturers and human rights abuses. I thought it was a, a, a topic that no one talks about, and it, it was really cool to have her to being an, an expert of it and talk about it. In uh, this upcoming week, if everything goes well and according to plan, we will have actually one Jessica Cogswell on input and a special guest to talk about a topic that may be interesting to folks at Uppercut and just folks... If everything works out well, we'll see how it turns out. But I'm excited for this upcoming episode of Input that would go up the day after. Be about banging robots. Mm. Um, <laughs> actually, yeah. Oh my god, yeah. Uh, I'm subscribing right now. <laughs> um, I can confirm that input episode with Reb was very good. Um, Reb is cool. Yeah, um, so that's a Midwestern games media. Yeah, the Midwest. We got nothing. <laughs> That's got why no I moved away. The- <laughs> <laughs> Seems like everybody moved Winter away. Winter sucks. Um, but yeah, and so you can find me at uh, CG and Eight Rs on Twitter. I 
have a new pin tweet that has all my shit on it, which is cool. It's nice to have that be updated for the first time in like two months. Um, and yeah, gonna quickly plug. I have a Riverdale podcast. It's called Sweet. Wait, Ocean. what? You should listen to it. Yeah, dude, I just finished the last season. It's a thing. Yeah, we, uh, Ginny Wu and I made a Riverdale recap podcast where the whole conceit is we recap the whole episode and then uh, we each have a team of characters that we assign messy bitch points to and then at the end we determine who is the messiest bitch of the episode and who is the messiest team. I hate this. And then we're gonna have a bracket at the end. Wait, did you guys like draft? Or? Yeah, we. That's awesome. Yeah. It's called Sweetwater Shade. The first episode is out now. The next episode is going to be out this coming the same day as this comes who, out. Who is who is best character? Who is best? Uh, I love Cheryl. Cheryl is a nightmare, but I love her. Mm, I don't know how I feel about that one. Who is your best character? Uh, it's Dark Betty, of course. <laughs> that's that's a fair. Pick. Dark Betty. Dark Betty is. Mm, uh, has <laughs> entered the Monty, chat. The again. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I gotta say. Uh, Riverdale, uh, I'm going to just very quickly. Riverdale, I, I I hold contempt for Riverdale only because it reminds me of the same era, the same energy, same aura that the 2017 Power Rangers remake had. And I feel like mm-hmm. if the Power Rangers movie just had like 20 percent more horny nonsense. We would still be living in a we'd be living in a golden age of Power Rangers movie. Mm. That's all I gotta say. I never watched that yeah, Power Rangers I movie. That. I need to watch it. It's, it was it's good. good. Yeah, it's good. It was fun. Was it? it was really fun. I only yeah, watched. I watched it. I watched the Wild Force growing up. That was about it for Power Rangers. Uh, I grew up with Mystic Force, and I had a big crush on the. I think it was the Red Ranger. I don't know. He's very pretty and brown. I wanted to marry. <laughs> the Red Ranger in the movie, in the new movie, is the is Billy in Stranger Things. Uh, what? No. Yeah. Wait, no. what? Yeah. Hold on, I don't uh, believe you. In the new movie, the Red Ranger is Billy, and I'm pretty sure Billy is the uh, the person that all the moms want to fuck. Gotcha. No way. Yeah. <laughs> no way. Oh, it is. Him. Why does he have yes, four? Yeah. Why does he have four names? The actor. His name is oh, wow. his name is Docker Docker Daker. Docker Cade <laughs> Montgomery Harvey. Uh, sir. This is amazing. Anyways, you should listen to Caitlin's podcast on Riverdale, I suppose. I might do that. Yeah, um, please. It's called Sweetwater Shade. It's fucking good. Um anyway, uh Palin Around is a product of Uppercut, which you can find on all social media at Uppercut Crit and UppercutCrit.com. If you want to hang out with the Uppercut crew and our various friends, you can join our Discord server. The link is in the episode description. And if you like the show, please be sure to rate and review it on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts, but please make it iTunes. Yeah, that's it. Bye, y'all. Nice. Love you. Bye-bye.